Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to this week's episode of Marking Out, pro wrestling talk by pro wrestling fans. Um, this never gets easy. We've been doing this show. It'll be 12 years in a couple weeks, and uh, in that 12 years, we've lost a lot of professional wrestlers. Uh, but this week, kind of, I, for me, it kind of hit a little bit harder than a lot of wrestlers that have passed. I mean, it, don't, don't get me wrong. It's very hard losing people that you admire and you enamor, but... Uh, unfortunately, this week, uh, Jay Briscoe uh, passed away at the age of 38 years old uh, due to a tragic car accident. Uh, police reports saying that drivers driving on the wrong side of the road hit them straight on. He was in the car with his two of his two daughters uh, who have survived and uh, you know, had to go through a myriad of surgeries and stuff like that. And uh, unfortunately, Jay did not survive. Um, and it was a shock. Tuesday night, you know, sitting there about to turn on NXT. And then I see this tweet from Tony Khan. I sent it immediately to Brandon. I sent it immediately to Dave. I was getting tech. My phone was blowing up with my friends. Oh my God, Jay Briscoe. And it's very, very unfortunate. Yeah. Jay Briscoe, former Ring of Honor champion, 13 time Ring of Honor tag team champion with his brother Mark. Did not even, not even that. The current Ring of Honor World Tag yes, Team Yes, current GCW champ, Tag Team Champions, Impact Tag Team Championships, IWGP Tag Team Championships, Never Open Weight Championships. This guy, the this is one of those guys that never made it to WWE in an era where in an era where everybody was going to WWE, especially in his time. When well, didn't he was they choose of, not to go to WWE? I, they did choose not to go to WWE. They, they had looks left and right about them um but they didn't go there and this guy has cemented his legacy as a tag team champion you know him him, his brother mark and ftr had you know my match of the year last week in that uh, last year in that double door collar match for the ring of honor tag team championships um and it's very very unfortunate the first Um, time i saw the briscoes live i believe it was Super Card of Honor in May 2010. They they opened the show against Kenny King and Rhett Titus. We all went to that. Was that um that was in uh no to, that that wasn't no that was no that was 2010 in Florida. It was 2012. Oh, but they we faced went, off we against the Mighty Don't Kneel. I think. Okay, that's right. So I've seen them a few times between PWS and Ring of Honor. Yeah, I saw them actually. My first Ring of Honor show. Um, was in uh, was September twenty sixth, two thousand and nine. Got to thank uh, Jay Silva for taking me to that one. Uh, it was the Young Bucks defeating the Briscoes, um, and there was something about the Briscoes that just like drew you to them. You know, they were they looked like they could fight. They could fight, um, and as they said, and I can strongly agree with it. You know, top five tag teams dead or alive. Because I always feel like I was too nervous to like want to meet them even. I you know what it is? And a lot of people have been saying this cuz I've been listening to so many like I've been listening to Busted Open a lot this week. They've done two straight shows just honoring the life of Jay Briscoe. It's Jay Briscoe's eyes. He's got those stone cold blue eyes that just are intimidating. And especially when he looks at you in the camera, you just look at him, he just you look like he's going to kill you. They were inducted to the Ring of Honor Hall of Fame last year. Yep. And, uh, of course, I mean, we spoke about, you just spoke about their dog collar match. They had two other huge matches with FTR. Yeah, the, maybe the best tag team trilogy of all time. On NXT the night of, Vic Joseph and Booker T paid respect to 
Jay Briscoe on television, which was unexpected, but shocking. Very, very classy. Even, I mean, Shawn Michaels, Triple H posted about him. FTR, of course, Davey Richards, Bully Ray, the Usos, so many people, Ricky Morton. Yeah. Um, Shelton Benjamin and Matt Camp spoke about him on the bump on Wednesday. Michael Cole sent his condolences on the beginning of SmackDown. The Viking Raiders wore Dem Boys on an armband to pay tribute to Jay. Kevin Owens also wore Jay on a, an armband. And then, of course, on Dynamite, you had Jay Lethal, the Young Bucks, Bandito, and Brian Danielson all wear armbands and and uh, pay tribute to Jay Briscoe in that way. But I think the biggest takeaway from all of this is how much he was uh, loved by his peers and, and how much he loved his family. He was loved. He was respected. Um, the stories, like, again, I going back, I was listening to Busted Open. Tommy Dreamer's telling these stories about, like, the, when the Briscoes were doing, you know, that impact run that they had last year. He's like, after the shows, he, Tommy Dreamer, he'd be walking, he'd stop at a 7-Eleven, he just sees the Briscoes hanging outside drinking beers with fans. He goes, you want to ride? He goes, no, we're okay. <laughs> and they'd walk back to the, hotel, you know, the, the talent hotel. Like, you know, these guys were were men. They were chicken farmers. Um, they were, again, one of the best tag teams doing it right now. So um, it's a very, very tough loss for the professional wrestling community. Um, again, I said it's like this, and I was talking to Anthony Capozzi this week too. It's like both of us, like, this one's just hitting real hard. You know, and you see the videos, like, there's the one video that's been going viral of him doing uh, cheerleading routines yeah. with his daughter, which, like, you know, my, my daughter's, like, starting to get into tumbling and cheerleading and stuff like that. It's just, it, it hurts, man. And, you know, prayer, send prayers, send bo- positive vibes, whatever you can to his family, because, you know, they're all reeling right now, especially, you know, his brother Mark, who he's, uh, again, 13-time tag team champion with. So, um, you know, in, in tradition here on Marketnet, when we lose somebody, we uh, will give them a good 10-bell salute. Fans. Welcome to Markin' Out, pro wrestling talk by pro wrestling fans. This is episode 624. Make sure you check out the past episodes, MarkinOut.com and over on Spotify and wherever else you may listen to our podcast. Also, make sure you check out ProWrestlingTees.com slash Out. Buy a t-shirt. Give us a like on Facebook. Give us a follow on Instagram, on Twitter, over on TikTok, over on Twitch, and also make sure that you subscribe on YouTube. 
That being said, my name is Dave, the Rave, and I'm here with Brandon. Later on, we are going to be joined by Chris, but Brandon, how are you? I'm doing awesome as always. How about yourself? Doing much better than the previous weeks for myself. How was uh, your week? It was uh, it was decent. I ended up going to a diner, East Bay Diner. Oh, oh, for my oh. mom's birthday. Uh huh. Cool, cool. And I guess I missed that phone call. Yeah, yeah. Cool, cool. But uh-huh. I got a burger, and it's just like a normal diner burger. So it's like not bad, but it's nothing special. Dude, East Bay Diner is always the best. I think they used to be a lot better. But I would, um, still, I think it's still like my go-to, like first choice for a diner. Yeah, I used to like it when they—I don't know if you remember—but when they used to give out the pieces of chicken, like the potted as chicken? an appet, yeah, as an appetizer. I feel like they would still do that for dinner. No, not anymore. Now they just give the bread. Mm. But yeah, East Bay Diner is always great. I also uh, watched a documentary about Kutcher's, which I feel like I'm like after seeing it, I feel like I might have watched it a few years ago. What's Kutcher's? It was uh, one of the hotels up in uh, the Catskills. Uh huh. I never went there, only the Falls View, and then like I like walked over one time to the Neville. Okay. But it's like that Borscht Belt hotel scene, mm-hmm. where all the Jewish people would <laughs> travel to yeah, in the summer. Yeah. But I have fond memories of Fallsview, even though I was so young. So watching a documentary like this, it was nice to just reminisce about those hotels because they don't really exist anymore. They're all like new ownership I, and everything. I can, yeah, I can barely remember the uh, hotel scene up there. You yeah. know? But it's funny because but... the documentary reminded me that Wilt Chamberlain worked there. At uh, Kutcher's, huh. Muhammad Ali trained there, and of course, all the the comedians would perform at the the hotels. And uh, they spoke about Andy Kaufman wrestling women there, so I thought that was pretty cool. That's pretty interesting. Yeah, that's cool. And what is this on Netflix? Uh, no, it was on Amazon, but it's like a, a super all old right. documentary. Hmm. I just for, That's cool. I just randomly typed in Catskills and that showed up. What made you want to search Catskills? I had nothing on Netflix to watch. I had nothing on <laughs> any of the stream. I I like watched all the stuff I wanted to watch for the time being. And you watched. Just like, I, I saw another movie on. Cats. Yeah, I don't know. Well, because uh-huh. I think I, I watched a, a thing about a cruise ship first, and then I went over to the Catskills. Mm-hmm. So it was nice, but how about yourself? What'd you do? What did I do? Well, um, I took it easy, you know, took it easy. Um, what else did I do? I just got some work done. Nothing too special at all. Uh, yeah, nothing too special on my end. You know, definitely did not go to East Bay Diner, unfortunately, but would have loved to have gone to East Bay Diner. But no, nothing too special. <laughs> but let's get on to it. Let's talk about some pro wrestling talk. Talk about some Monday Night Raw. Monday Night Nitro. Which opened up the bloodline. 
saying that they have something huge planned for Raw 30, which you should, in fact, not look up Raw XXX as WWE's image has that. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, don't, don't do that. That's kind of like searching House of Hardcore. Website, it, it, it could it could be trouble. That's really um, funny because it's funny because like when you look when you type it in the the hashtag whatever on Twitter, you will get stuff for Monday Night Raw, but then you also don't get stuff for Monday Night Raw. You get a little bit too much Raw. But a they said that uh, every generation of the Bloodline will be there to have an acknowledgement party. For Roman Reigns, and I believe Samu posted that he will be going to Monday Night Raw, so I think that's dope. Uh, yeah, that would be interesting. Course. Yeah, and then I'm assuming, I mean, Wild Samoans off and Sika will be there. I, I hope they will. I don't know, like, how far will it go? Will Lance randomly, will he be able to go there? I don't I don't, don't no, think he'll I, be I there. can't see him appear. Why would, ha- there I would mean, be no he's been on him. WWE programming before he wrestled Shane because of Roman Reigns. Yeah, but I can't see him appearing on there. <laughs> I think it'll just be like Wild Samoans, uh, the current bloodline. And head and then, shrinkers. Yeah, that's, I think, what we'll see. And that's going to be yeah. really cool because Samu, really, we haven't seen him on WWE programming. I mean, I don't think we've and, seen him since the he inducted the Wild Samoans with Rosie mm-hmm. into the Hall of Fame. I don't know. I, I keep on watching like clips. Like so, I follow a ton of uh, old school wrestling clip accounts on Twitter, and the more time, like I always find myself marking out for the head shrinker clips. I don't know. I'm I'm becoming. I'm just such a mark for the head shrinkers. They like have, just uh, there. He's got a figure coming out for the first time in years. Really? So that's like that's super cool. Yeah, and there's like the the Samoan SWAT version as well, like a uh, chase mm-hmm. version. Oh, so I think that's pretty, pretty cool. cool. So my fingers are super crossed. I still I've been saying it for years at this point. I want the bloodline, like the full Samoan dynasty to be part of the video games for WWE. So mm-hmm. if Samu's going to be here, maybe he'll end up being in the game. Maybe Wild Samoans will end up being in the game. I think that'd be cool. That'd be really cool. The Judgment Day ended up interrupting the bloodline. And Rhea Ripley told them that they need to acknowledge that it's Judgment Day that runs Raw, not the bloodline. And then they also said that they're taking the titles from Dominic. uh, Not from Dominic, from the Usos. (laughs) And then uh, Dom ended up calling Solo a wannabe. And Rhea Ripley ends up getting face to face with Solo Sokoa, and he put his. And this thumb was up. a nice, yeah. yeah. This was a nice moment where he stepped right up to her, and he put his like thumb you didn't up. know who was going to, huh? He put his thumb up. Yeah, you didn't know who was going to be stepping. Like I mean, Rhea Ripley steps up, and you don't really know what's going to happen. But then he steps right up in there, and I think Jay was in the background, or Jimmy just like. All hyped about it. And then, of course, Dominic attacked Solo, and they all brawled, and Solo went to hit that spike, and Mustafa Ali came from the top rope out of nowhere and jumped on him, and I thought it was fantastic build for that tag team championship match next week. Yeah. And then it flowed into 
the the next match where Solo Sokoa picked up the victory over Mustafa Ali. Yeah, um, you definitely didn't expect Ali to be coming out of anywhere in that segment, especially to break up that right. But uh, it flowed. Tension. It flowed right into the next segment, so that was nice. Mm-hmm. The match itself, I feel like not much happened, but yeah, the Usos came back out. Kevin Owens made his way to the ring and he took them on, and Solo still got that victory. Yeah, and then Kevin no. Owens hit him with the stunner, and as soon as it ended, and they continued the beat down, and then they all brawled. Yeah. Um, next up, you had a big announcement as we found out that Cody Rhodes is going to be at Royal Rumble, making his return. The internet is split on this. I know. I saw some people want would rather be surprised by this. Like the poster already had him on it, so and and even if he wasn't on the poster, I think it was already expected that he would probably be in the Royal Rumble. Mm-hmm. I personally don't think uh, it matters that he was announced because, like, should he have been a surprise for the Royal Rumble? I don't think so because we just had a, He was literally a huge... He was probably the biggest surprise last year at WrestleMania. Oh, yeah. So should he have been a huge surprise at WrestleMania, even though people already assumed that he was going to be at WrestleMania then? Yeah. Should people have that as a surprise and then again at another major pay-per-view, the Royal Rumble? Like, that, to me, doesn't make sense. I mean, you you could have, but, I mean, people already knew that he, I mean, he was on the poster already. It wasn't anything, the shock value isn't really the same. But even take the poster out of the equation. I don't think, like, if he wasn't on the poster, I don't think the shock value think... of... It just, uh, it just, for me, I don't, I don't need that to be a surprise. He, he already told us everything. Yeah. He's in yeah, WWE. I totally he, agree with he you. He wants the WWE championship, so. Yeah. He's gonna do I don't, I don't think that the shock value is there. Role. Right. Yeah. There's, there's, it lost his shock value, so I don't know why fans are pissed off for nothing. But we had Elias trying to uh, get into the Royal Rumble match, and then MVP told. Elias not to bother because he has the winner and Elias I guess thought he was talking about himself but it turns out to be somebody else who we'll speak about a little later but the Street Profits go on to defeat not the Hurt Business Hurt Business so yeah that that just hurts well but it'll I think it's gonna culminate next week what do you mean? Well, I'll get to it at the main event. Okay. But I like this match, the tag match. I like that Shelton Benjamin right away took Montez Ford out that high knee at the start of the match. And he fell off the apron. Yeah, but that was a nice spot. MVP came out during this and he got involved. So the Hurt Business came very close to winning based off of that distraction. So that gets like a, a pin put in for for right now. Yeah, the entire. I mean, let's not forget the entire thing about. We still haven't really had a a continuation of what took place with the hurt business backstage in that um, walkthrough, that backstage segment. Well, I mean, we you know we do though. It's all of this. We have, exactly, but we haven't had an official throwback to that. 
You know, we've had we saw them backstage MVP in the Hurt business with Adam Pierce. Can only assume that maybe MVP got them into that gauntlet and everything like I that. I think that was but, MVP just getting Lashley unsuspended. That could have been that too, but I mean, you had Benjamin and Cedric there, but now we're starting to see that follow through, I believe. You know? Yeah. After that, we saw Becky Lynch call Bailey out, and along with damage control, they made their way to the ring. Bailey made fun of Becky Lynch and said that she doesn't have Freds. And then Becky Lynch said that Bailey peaked in 2015, which. Definitely, uh, I feel like that's when Bailey like not peaked because that's when everything like blew up for her. I mean, but I think that it's a solid insult. I mean, it was, yeah, but a, it's not because it, she went on to win the Money in the Bank. She went on to win the Raw and SmackDown Women's Championships. She went on to win the the Tag Team Championships. Far mm-hmm. from peaking. All right. So this ends up just leading to a challenge for next week, and it's going to be a steel cage match. So I am pumped for that match on Raw 30. I think that should be cool. Yeah. It would be nice if they had like a. uh... Nah, never mind. I was going to say it'd be nice if they had a black cage for it, but (laughs) not necessary at all. (laughs) No. Especially because those cages probably hurt a lot more than Mm -hmm. the current cage. But after that, we saw Omos pick up the victory over Elias, and that's who MVP was talking about to win the Raw Rumble. And I wish that it was, like, more of a surprise because Omos is, like, too obvious. But yeah. MVP got involved here again. And I don't think Omos is going to win the Royal, the Royal Rumble, but I think he's going to be contributing to this new Hurt business. Because why would you reform... Hurt business when it didn't last the last time. Something went wrong. Why would you use the same four people? Why not add somebody or add other people as well? Mm-hmm. Maybe we yeah. get the Street Profits joining them as well. It's very possible. You know, I it would be very interesting to see what happens. So, you know, I mean, and then again, that's another pin that gets put into it. No, but next up you had um, Judgment Day. Yeah, you had Judgment Day pick with victory over Alpha Academy. Um, this match was a it was a good match, but I don't know. It was weird because like on paper it's two heel teams facing off. I didn't even think about that part. But okay. Alpha Academy getting cheered in this. That's where I was confused because I I felt like Alpha Academy was was a face in this. So I don't know if the fans are about to be turning Alpha Academy face or what. I have no idea, but I mean they were totally behind him. Yeah, big, very, very much so. And I and you I know. said the other week with uh, Alpha Academy actually needing to win matches so I don't go in knowing the outcome. Mm-hmm. I yeah I do still agree with that. I still hope for wins for Alpha Academy, but here in this case, I think Judgment Day really needed the victory because they have that title match against the Usos next week. Yeah, so I agree with you. There, it makes sense. Okay. After that, Mia Yim picked up the victory over Io Sky. 
She had Candice LeRae with her, and Io obviously had Dakota Kai. Um, I thought this was a decent match. I liked the all the reversals at the start of the match. Yeah, but I would have liked it for was this solid. to be longer. Um, yeah, I agree with you. I, I mean, I would like it to be longer, but I thought that for what it was, it was, it was still a fun match. It was still an awesome match. Dakota Kai and Candice LeRae got into it, and that continued to, uh, to, to spill into the aftermath of the, the match. But, uh, yeah, yeah. so yeah. after that, Bianca Belair came out and, uh, made her return to Raw. It's been a few weeks since, uh, Alexa Bliss injured her lip on that. The still steps, and she yeah, called the Alexa that she Bliss had to get out. Stitches and everything. Yeah, which it looked brutal. I've seen. I saw the picture she put out. Oh, I didn't see the picture of it. Yeah, but she called Alexa Bliss out, and Alexa Bliss was like, "People fear me because they don't know what to expect now." And she brought up the Royal Rumble, and maybe perhaps winning the Royal Rumble, and Bianca Belair cut her off to offer a title match at the Royal Rumble. She's like, skip the Raw Rumble and just face me. And then Alexa yeah. Bliss accepted that, and then they go... I like that. I liked how she was just like, forget entering the Royal Rumble. How about you just go at it with me? Yeah. But, again, I would maybe still... Well, no, you still get the championship match. What do you mean? Well, I was going to say, I, I would still maybe hope for the main event of WrestleMania, but... Um, then you'd have to wait. literally take out 29 other women. But what do you what do you mean? Like what do you what do you hope the main event for WrestleMania is? Like if I was Alexa Bliss, I would still hope to be in the main event. Oh, I got you. I mean, but even but the entire thing is if she defeats Bianca Belair, she is in the main event, right? You know, well maybe. So I think that's. I said maybe in the main event. Yeah. Have a title match. Well, have a title match because she would be defending the championship. Right. But they I ended up in the, the crowd brawling. And um, the brawl was awesome, too. Yeah. But Bianca Belair went to hit the, the KOD on Alexa Bliss in the crowd on chairs. And then Uncle Howdy appeared. And that. Yeah, you had some smoke in the little uh, walkway. You had some smoke building. And. Uncle Howdy was there just waving at her. Yeah, and that causing her to her. put and Yeah, causing her to put Alexa Bliss down and then Alexa Bliss getting the upper hand. Get that DDT. Yeah. Um Alexa Bliss I don't even think looked at Uncle Howdy. I don't think Maybe she not, ever looked but she up said, at him. She said the other week, really. She doesn't she it's not they should fear me. Yeah, I yeah that's that's something I thought was interesting was that Bianca Belair saw saw Uncle Howdy got distracted, but beyond but Bliss I don't believe ever acknowledged Howdy actually standing there, and I thought that that was just a cool little, I didn't expect that to happen. Right. You know, and I thought that it was really creative because the way that he appeared there was she was ready to hit that finisher, and you just saw from the side view, Uncle Howdy with the smoke and everything. It wasn't like a direct image of him. He was just in the background. You were like, Oh, and then it showed him. So I thought it was really, really well done. When, when that spot happened, all I could think of was, I wish Madison square garden still looked the same. (laughs) And this was taking place at MSG. Yeah. Madison square garden was always awesome with that entrance. Yeah. But, 
Um, I hear you. Earlier in the night, yeah, and I was just watching the the Royal Rumble 2000 with Taz's debut. Yeah, I was watching some clips from that too on that Twitter accounts and stuff. Because that was like such the perfect backdrop for Taz to be debuting. With yeah, like the, the I mean, and then he, and everything. Yeah, and you even came up. Well, you didn't come up with it. No, but you I saw somebody that. post that Taz's uh, logo for WWE says Taz. If you turn it sideways, I had no idea. Twenty twenty three years ago, I blew my mind. It's been twenty three inc- years. I had no idea. That's incredible. Taz designed it with his tattoo artist. Yeah, very very interesting. I would have never thought that that would have spelled Taz. Yeah, and it was T T A Z. Yes, not. But T-A-Z-Z. I understand, like, and that's the thing. He like goes at people on Twitter, kind of for for writing two Z's. But yeah, I feel like WWE, WWE. He was. They had to do two Z's because Warner Brother, I think, owned. They would have yeah. owned T A Z. Yeah, he was T A Z Z in WWE. Yeah, there's like no arguing that. But I guess he's not yeah. happy about. it. I don't know. I mean, that's that's what it is. But earlier in the night, we saw Adam Pierce get interviewed where he promised that Raw 30 will be unforgettable. And then he was interrupted by Akira Tozawa, who wanted to be in the Raw Rumble. And Adam Pierce was like, maybe I'll set up a match for you and maybe it could lead to you getting into the Raw Rumble. That match turned out to be Bronson Reed, who obviously picked up the victory here. Yeah, this match was a t- was awesome. I will say I'm disappointed they got rid of the camera shake for his entrance, but mm-hmm. I can look look over that. Okay. But I think commentary did a good job at putting Bronson Reed over as well as putting yeah. Akira Tozawa over. I totally agree with you. I I think so too. And Tozawa got some good uh, uh, offense in here. Yeah, but I think the... he had some solid. He had solid offense, but no match for Bronson Reed. I mean, he even had that spot to the outside of the ring where he did that set uh, senton. Was it a senton? No, it was a shoulder block. The shoulder tackle. Yeah, that was from the yeah, apron. Shoulder... I thought that was really nice. Yeah, and Tozawa was the perfect person in this match because the way that he sold that. It was like he, it turned him inside out. Yeah. You know, this entire match, I thought uh, Reed was awesome. And, I mean, I totally marked out his finisher, the splash. What did you call it? Well, the death it's, from above? It's, no. it's the tsunami, but it's it's thick, thick boom for those thick, in the thick know. Thick, thick boom. <laughs> yeah. The, like, he hit the thick, thick boom. And I think that he has one of the nicest splashes from the ter- top turnbuckle. Or at least in modern day. I don't even. I, when, I don't. I don't even want it to be called thick, thick boom. I just want commentary as he hits it to be like thick, <laughs> thick boom. There's a tsunami or something like that. <laughs> when you play him as uh, in the video game, you should you should definitely say that. <laughs> He's not in the video you know? game now, so that's yeah, true. But yeah, no, I thought that this was an awesome match, and he always gives me shades of like I love wrestlers who have his physique. Because it reminds me of the wrestlers like Bam Bam Bigelow, mm-hmm. you know, that are uh, larger, but can move and work. You know, so I'm really excited about Bronson Reed. The but. main event saw Bobby Lashley win a six pack challenge, right? Yeah. Six. 
Mm-hmm. Against uh, Dolph Ziggler, The Miz, Seth Rollins, Baron Corbin, and Finn Balor. He's now the number one contender for the United States Championship. We saw Miz get eliminated by Seth Rollins. Ziggler put some major work into this match, but also got eliminated by Seth Rollins. Then we saw almost an MVP come out. And they caused distractions. Rollins was able to take Finn Balor out of this equation. And then Bobby Lashley took Corbin out. And Austin Theory was sitting on commentary, hit Bobby Lashley with the championship. And almost ends up, he gets over to Austin Theory, chokes him. Seth Rollins hits a stomp on almost on the commentary table. I thought that was a pretty cool setup. Yeah. But because of that distraction with Omos and MVP and Austin Theory, Seth Rollins lost and Bobby Lashley was able to take the advantage and spear Seth Rollins to 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 win the match over there. Yeah, and what was nice with this match is that I mean, this is an all-star matchup. Yeah. This is an all-star matchup. I mean, all and former really champions. Yeah, uh, well, any no, one of them Corbin. could have won. Not Corbin, but Corbin definitely should have been by now. Mm. I, I believe Corbin should have been by now. I think he will at some point upcoming. But this match was it was a great match. Yeah. It really was. Uh, but that's Monday Night Raw. Before moving over to NXT, I wanted to mention that Ginny had tweeted over the weekend that uh, she's retiring from wrestling. She had been injured, and she said that she made the decision to hang up her fashionable boots. And I think that's a... Real shame that she never came to NXT or SmackDown. I thought maybe we could potentially see her be with Imperium. But I think she was a, a tremendous talent. And maybe one day we could maybe see her be like a GM for NXT or something. Mm-hmm. I, I would hope to to see her down the line. I hope that's not the end of her wrestling career. Yeah. But as of now, it seems like that actually is so... It's a, it's a, I, a shame. Yeah, I can't see her being involved with WWE at all after this. Um, definitely unfortunate, but man, um, hopefully every hopefully she's okay. I just you thought know? because she's dating Gunter that maybe we would see her with Imperium, but yeah, I mean, but that's not gonna happen. Yeah. But to kick off NXT, we had Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams pick up the victory over Axiom and Cruz. Um, it was a good opening this, tag match. Yeah, solid opening tag. And, and the ending of it was really nice. Yeah, and I'm still like blown away that Apollo is down there again. You know, and he's doing great in NXT. You know, he's putting on awesome work in these matches. Yeah. After that, we saw a video with uh, Tony D'Angelo and and Stax. They were walking on the, I believe it was the same bridge where they threw two dimes from. And in this video, I thought it was funny because Tony opened his hand to reveal two dimes and he tossed them over the bridge again. So I thought that was funny. But Tony, it, it made it look like he was about to do the same exact thing to Stax. And he goes, it's time for you to become the underboss. Now, the underboss is right under the Don in that mafia lifestyle, I believe. So, hmm. 
big promotion for stacks. Yeah. After that, Tiffany Stratton was interviewed and uh, Mackenzie Mitchell showed footage from earlier in the night where Tiffany Stratton tried to get into her locker room. But Indy Hartwell ends up being in there. She locked it and then she ends up replacing Tiffany Stratton's locker room sign with the women's locker room sign saying, what makes you think you deserve your own locker room? So... I assume we'll be seeing Tiffany Stratton versus Indy Hartwell. Yeah, I think that's on deck. We saw Toxic Attraction come out, basically just claim that they're going to take the championship from Roxanne Perez. And then Lyra Valkyria showed up, and they told her to go to the back of the line. But instead, she gets into the ring, goes face-to-face with them. She gets jumped, and then Roxanne Perez made the save, and that sets up a tag team match for the main event of... NXT, so that was that was nice. I thought it was definitely a nice little setup. After that, we saw the Diamond Mine backstage and the Creeds super pissed off. They were arguing with each other who gets to face Jinder Mahal next. And then Ivy Nile yelled at them to basically tell them to stop. I think they could use Roderick Strong again. I don't know what's happening there with him. Last we heard yeah, he was injured, it, so I don't know. Yeah. But even still, I mean, they should have him on screen because I I don't know. The Creed's, to me, don't really, I don't know. They don't scream at me on television. In the ring, they're really good. But promo-wise, I don't know. I don't know. I thought they was, like, fired up for them to argue like that. Yeah. After that, Stevie Turner had her segment. She was uh, reacting to the Battle Royal from last week. I Again, don't know where this is headed to. Yeah, we had her return. I mean, we'll see. But next up, you had Sol Ruka pick up the victory over Albert uh, Bofaya, um, hitting that really awesome, innovative finisher again. Not the Star KO. I forget what they called it, but I was calling it the Shooting Star KO. Yeah. But this was supposed to take place a few weeks ago and Isla Dawn interrupted the match and she ends up showing up for this and distracted. Yeah, a little distraction. Yeah, she distracted Alba Fire and then Saul was able to hit that. So I thought that was pretty cool. I was expecting Twitter to to speak more about that finish, but I think the focus was more so on Alba Fire and and, uh, Isla Dawn here. Yeah, I feel like the Sol Ruka, like the finisher, like maybe the hype was played out already. I don't know about that. No? I just feel like it, because like she hit it, commentary puts it over, and it was like immediately like the focus was Alba and Dawn. Yeah. And then backstage, Alba Fire threatened the referee, and Katana Chance and Kaden Carter, I guess, talked her down from doing that, and... She's like, well, I'm like lost. Maybe I'll take the titles from you. And they're like, well, you don't have a tag team partner. And she's like, I'll take you on by myself. That match gets set up. So next week we literally have a handicap match as of now for the NXT Women's Tag Team Championships. So I don't know if we're going to see somebody step in as Alba Fire's tag team partner or like will Isla Dawn step in and they'll, they're going to like run... Uh, strange bedfellows tag team championship run or something. I mean, I'm always a fan of this strange bedfellows uh, matchups, but I don't know. I don't. I don't want to see Chance and Carter lose the 
the titles, but I don't know. Maybe I'll maybe it'd be fun to watch Isla Dawn and Alba Fire be tag team champions together. I could I don't know. I'm okay with Chance and Carter losing it. I mean, why not? I don't know. I don't know. After that, we had another video package for Die Jack, where he's basically just uh, putting Wesley on notice. Not much more to say about that. No. We saw an interview with Grayson Waller, which was Veg and Stay Hype, and then it was just him, I'm taking the title from Braun Breaker. Braun Breaker had to sit down later on with Vic Joseph, basically the same thing, I'm going to win your like, good luck. You're not going to win, kid. Mm-hmm. Um, we saw Gallus pick up the victory over Briggs and Jensen. Uh, I liked the match. We saw Gallus tear up the the floor mats, which came into play later on, where Brooks needed to get checked on. And Kiana James made her way out to check on him and kind of got into it with Fallon Henley. But... And I, I want to say that I think it's great to have Gallus back, so I'm looking forward to whatever's in the future with them. Backstage, I still don't know enough about Gallus and everything. I, I know I you're like a big you've fan seen of them. Too but... much of Gallus to not know about Gallus at this point. I don't. Then maybe they just don't stand out to me, or uh, I just don't if, care. No, I'm calling absolute BS on that. There's no what? way you you didn't cheer for Wolfgang in that original tournament. For, I don't remember for the the NXT UK Championship. I can't say I remember. But uh, backstage, Fallon Henley was furious at Kiana James, and, and she was basically saying that Kiana James is just using Brooks, and Brooks is like using me for what? And then she ends up apologizing later on and asked for a tag match where her partner is going to be Kiana James. So we're going to see Kiana James and Fallon Henley team up next week. Yeah, that's going to be a fun little shindig. We had another WWE Anonymous video where Duke Hudson was apparently filmed talking negatively, I think, about Andre Chase. And Andre Chase saw it and yelled at Duke. And Duke was like, it's out of context. So what is happening there? We still have no idea. But we we then see Thea Hale pick up the victory over Valentina Ferois. Doesn't tie into that, but no. Chase U is Chase U. Electra Lopez came out during this and she gave Feroyce brass knuckles to you. She put them on her hand. And she's like, I don't want to win like that. She gave the referee the brass knuckles. Mm. And Thea Hale went on to win that match. And Electra Lopez questioned, Why didn't you take my help? And she's like, I don't cheat. And she should have. Should she have? Yeah, she would have won. Electra Lopez was like, you have to stand on your own. Yeah. And then she Definitely. told her to watch her match uh, next week with Wendy Chu, but she, but Royce brought up Sanga, so she's still like hurt that Sanga did what he did. Mm-hmm. After that, New Day um, came out for a segment where Pretty Deadly interrupted them, and then Gallus interrupted them, and it led to pretty deadly attacking both teams and then new day and 
Gallus took them out and then they brawled with each other and it was broken up. So the tag team match for Vengeance Day that was supposed to be New Day versus Gallus ends up turning into a triple threat match for Vengeance Day with the championships. Uh, I, I don't know if I necessarily like that. We just had like a, I feel like cause we had like a, well, you know, it makes sense. Cause I was going to say we had like a tournament. It wasn't a tournament. It was a gauntlet that pretty yeah. deadly tried to fix for themselves. And then new day fixed it. And then Gallus ends up taking out everyone basically. So I guess it makes sense that Gals would, would, or that Pretty Deadly would have that shot. Mm -hmm. But we saw Tyler Bate pick up the victory over Javier Burnell, uh, who sang and played guitar before the match. Tyler Bate ends up cutting it off uh, with a new theme song, so that kind of sucked. But I don't think this was as impactful as it could have been for Tyler Bate's return to NXT. I mean, they had a nice little hype video about it. Yeah, but, like, the match itself, like, I don't know how else you could have done it. Mm-hmm. But, I, like, I guess it's just, like, put him on TV and build him back up or whatever. But this Tyler Bate. He's a former NXT UK champion that's, like, this match didn't feel like it fit. So, mm-hmm. I don't know if it was just, like, oh, hey. Kind of like a force fit. It was, yeah, I don't know. It was like, maybe here's Tyler Bate in case the audience forgot about him sort of thing. Uh-huh. I don't know. Yeah. I just thought it could have been more. Mm-hmm. Main event saw Roxanne Perez and Lyra Valkyria pick up the victory over Toxic Attraction. Um, Core Jade interrupted this match and knocked Lyra off the top rope. But she ended up getting the, the tag to Roxanne Perez and... JC ends up kicking Gigi Dolan in the face by mistake. And that led to Roxanne Perez being able to hit Pop Rocks to to pick up the victory there. And after the match, we see Gigi arguing with JC. JC's trying to apologize. And then it was announced that they're going to have a tag team, uh, not a tag team, a championship summit next week between Roxanne Perez and Toxic Attraction. So... I mean, do I we hope, see toxic attraction starting to crumble? And I hope that's not the case. I hope they can like put their differences aside. I hope Gigi can like go back and watch this match and be like, "Oh, she did. It was a mistake." That would be that would be cool if they actually did do that. I would be a fan of that if they actually did go back to the actual tape and was just like, "Okay, this did take place." This was stupid. We shouldn't have been arguing. Um, my bad. I think that would be cool. But they'll they'll eventually have to do something with each other in the match, so. Yeah. But I just hope it doesn't break Toxic Attraction up for good. I know. That's the... I don't feel like there's a reason to break them up. No. I mean, they're, they're one of the... They are, all the, I think, the best tag team on NXT. You know, I mean, they had the one of the most longest reigning tag team championship runs on NXT. So yeah, but that's NXT. Moving over to SmackDown, the Bloodline pulled up in uh, two different SUVs, and it seemed like they were not happy with Sami Zayn 
And he questioned it later on to see if they were cool. And Roman Reigns said that he saw what happened last week and he wants the truth. And Sammy was like, I take pride in in what you gave me, the responsibility that you gave me last week. And he said that he felt slighted with the Uso showing up. He didn't know the plan. And Roman Reigns was pissed off. He's like, why should I have to try and tell you the plan? So he kicked him out of the locker room and told him to go find his own bloodline. And later on, Paul Heyman was like, maybe it's in the best interest right now to have Sami Zayn on our side rather than not for a contract signing against Kevin Owens. And then Roman Reigns eventually apologized to Sami Zayn and had him round up the Usos, have everything ready to go in position. So if something goes awry, I guess, for the the contract signing later on, I'll speak about that later on. Uh, First match we saw was Drew McIntyre and Sheamus picking up the victory over the Viking Raiders. Beyond pumped for this match, and I really wish this was taking uh, place on a PLE because I wish it was longer. I really liked that uh, Ivar had countered the Claymore. But Valhalla got up on the, the ring apron. She distracted Sheamus when he went for that bro kick. And it led to an attack. And Sheamus was able to kick out from that. He did eventually hit the bro kick and picked up the victory. So they advanced in that tag team tournament. But I, I maybe I wish this was a, a semifinals match or something. After that, we had LA Knight come out. Spoke about Bray Wyatt and how Bray said that he wasn't Uncle Howdy one week, and then he said he was Uncle Howdy the next week, and he spoke about the Royal Rumble, had a warm-up match against Red Jones where he picked up the victory. We saw wide stuff happen during the match, which allowed Jones to pick up the upper hand for like a hot second, but it didn't last long, and the major part of this was the Firefly Funhouse returning. Big pop for that. They were all back, the characters, Ramblin' Rabbit, uh, Mercy the Buzzard, Abby the Witch, uh, Huskus, and of course Bray Wyatt in his Firefly Funhouse gear. And I also, I like that Ramblin' Rabbit was a fan of LA Knight, but Bray Wyatt gave him a speech about how it's okay to be afraid of the dark and then looked at the camera and said, maybe it's not okay to be afraid of the dark. Maybe you should be afraid of the dark. And then an Uncle Howdy video played and said, I told you. And Bray Wyatt said that L.A. Knight opened this door and whatever happens at the Royal Rumble is now his problem. So I'm looking forward to that, 100%. After that, we saw Hit Row pick up the victory over Los Lotharios to advance in that tournament. Top Dollar yelled at Michael Cole during the match, I guess for making fun of the dive and everything. I really liked that hot tag spot where Top Dollar held onto Angel Garza's tights and he jumped out of them to make the tag. But B-Fab ends up getting beh- getting uh, involved behind the referee's back. And it allowed for them to advance the, in the, the tournament. After that was a segment called Flair for the Dramatic. Where Charlotte came out, spoke about what happened with Sonya Deville last week. And then called her out to do like a face-to-face thing. Sonya came out saying that she de- deserves another match. And Flair was like, what do you think you have that the other women don't? Why do you deserve another match? And she also challenged Sonya to a match right then and there. 
And Sonya Deville turned it down because there was nothing in it for her. And she's like, unless maybe you're willing to put the title on the line. Adam Pierce interrupted that. And then Sonya Deville decked Charlotte and ran off. We had another Lacey Evans video uh, vignette, I guess, with the Cobra Clutch. And now she's using, and that's an order from Sergeant Slaughter. So, I don't know. After that, Imperium picked up the victory over the Brawling Brutes to advance in that tag team tournament. Uh, like the first match, I wish this was a longer match. I like the Cyclone Snake Eyes that Ridge Holland did to Kaiser. I thought that was pretty cool. And then the catching brain buster that Vinci hit on Butch off the apron to the outside. I thought that was really cool. We saw Raquel Rodriguez earlier in the night talk about the Royal Rumble. Shayna Baszler also spoke about the Royal Rumble. I hope that what Shayna said in that happens, but I don't really see that happening. After that, they aired a super really dope Raw 30 video package, which was like super epic. It had a bunch of cool moments. Chris Jericho, Big Show, Daniel Bryan were all in it. The Kofi Kingston, Randy Orton, Madison Square Garden crowd spot was there. The Evan Bourne RKO, Hugh Jackman, Deccan, uh, Dolph Ziggler while wearing the Zack Ryder headband was in there. Shane McMahon, Machine Gun Kelly, Stone Cold, The Rock, Cody Rhodes. So many people were in it. I thought it was so good. Uh, and then after that, we had Karrion Cross uh, in the back speaking about Rey Mysterio, basically saying that he's going to take Rey Mysterio out and then he's going to win the Royal Rumble. I don't see that happening. I could see him winning over Rey, but not the Rumble itself. And then the final match of SmackDown saw Legato Del Fantasma pick up the victory over Maximum Male Models to advance in that tournament. Um, I think this match should have been flipped with Imperium and the Brutes. But there were cool spots in here. I like that Poetry in Motion DDT that Joaquin Wilde hit. Um, But overall, they advance. Zelina Vega is going to be in the Royal Rumble, she announced. Santos Escobar, she said, is going to win the Royal Rumble. So I'm looking forward to that. And then to close SmackDown, there was a contract signing for the Royal Rumble. It saw Kevin Owens attack Solo Sokoa from behind. Then he hit Roman Reigns with a stunner. Takes out Solo Sokoa again with the super kick. The Usos make their way out. He attacks them. Fights them off by himself. Hits a huge pop-up powerbomb on Roman Reigns through the table. And then he signed the contract and Sami Zayn showed up after the fact. Kevin Owens tossed him the contract perfectly. Sami Zayn catches it. And then Kevin Owens ran off up into the crowd. And it left the bloodline staring Sami Zayn down. And I thought that was a great way to end SmackDown. So, this Royal Rumble pay-per-view, or PLE, is definitely looking up, looking to be uh, very fun. But that's SmackDown. Going to take a quick break right now, and I'll be right back here with Chris on Marking Out. This is Kevin Steen, Steen, Steen. And you're listening to... And we're back here on Marking Out Pro Wrestling Talk by pro wrestling fans. It's Chris and Brandon here with you for the pro wrestling side of uh, this week's podcast. Brandon, hey. Howdy, hey. Good. What's going on? What's the haps? Not much. What's about your... Yeah. <laughs> what a weird... <laughs> what's, what's about yours? Uh, you know, it's, you know, doing my thing. 
uh, you know, still a lot, still in the midst of basketball season. Um, did we got a lot of? I don't know if you and Dave spoke about it, but we got a lot of great football this past weekend, and I'm no. looking forward to. No, you didn't. Wow. We didn't. We didn't speak speak about Duval. Is it? Yes, Duval. I don't know what that is. I don't either, but, but I know they, that like, was apparently people were like, I just witnessed the the greatest game I've ever seen. I felt I I stopped paying attention after the first quarter when there was like four interceptions, and I was like, all right, let me stop paying attention to this. I you know fell asleep. I rolled over two o'clock in the morning. I look at my phone and it just said, you know ESPN Jacksonville comes back. I was like, holy holy jeez. Then I go to Twitter and I see Britt Baker's at the game, like posting like that's the best game I've ever been to. The so, Jaguars like, apparently had not lost since they met the cast of AEW. I know. Britt Baker posted that. So um, if Jason, sign guy, if you're listening to this, I'm sorry. <laughs> I love you, but I have to root for the Jacksonville Jaguars here. I would have to root for, I mean, even over the Giants, I would have to root for the Jaguars just because I would love to see how Tony Khan interacts with the WWE Championship. <laughs> yeah, right? Because if they win the Super Bowl, they're 100% getting the WWE Championship. Uh, they, <laughs> imagine. Uh, they imagine are, by the way. The bitter uh, pill that Triple H has to swallow. It's not even, I don't think it's a bitter, a bitter pill, pill to swallow. It's just, hey, congratulations. You're the Super Bowl champions. Here's a championship. Yeah. So it was, it, all of it was great. You know, we got this weekend, we got the Jaguars versus the Chiefs, the Bengals versus the Bills. I'm rooting for the Bills. Um, Giants du- versus the Eagles. Duval is what, uh, the county that Jacksonville's in. Ah, uh, okay. Now I get it. So Duval's also Duval's also a, a delicious Belgian beer, but uh, you know I'm in the midst of a, a dry January right now, I and it's you were really say, starting. Uh, to... Delicious Belgian chocolate. <laughs> no Belgian beers, but it, it, I'm telling you, like I've hit the point of dry January now where it, it just sucks. I mean, I'm not saying like I'm an alcoholic or anything, but. I like to sit down, have a beer, relax. You know, I'm I'm a part of beer culture, but like, whatever. It is what it is. Why you is know? it dry January? And that's the thing. You know, after after you're, you know, uh, drinking like a fish during the holiday season, you got to dry out. So, the very first day of uh, February, you're gonna have Wet Wednesday or something? No, it's gonna be Thirsty Thursday because on January first of this year, I took so. Did I tell you about how, like, I've been collecting – so Blanton's, the bourbon company, they have these little toppers on all their bottles. They have, like, a dude riding a horse, and then there's a letter on it. All the letters on there spell out Blanton's. So for the past I don't know how many years, me and my stepfather have been collecting all the toppers. And the last one that I was missing was an O. And the local store that he goes to had it. So on January 1st, he's like, you got to come over. I'm like, okay, what's up? Puts down the bottle. You know, we killed like half of the bottle, but and that was the last drink I had. So, uh, yeah. So February second, I will. It'll be thirsty Thursday for Daddy here. So and then also too, we had the 49ers and the Cowboys. But you know, like I wanted, I didn't want that was the that was the game last weekend that I didn't care any about because I didn't want the Cowboys to win. I didn't want the Buccaneers to win because I didn't want Tom Brady to win. Um, and now let's go 49ers, I guess. You know, Bailey's a 49ers fan, so, you know, now there's by, by proxy. <laughs> rumors of Tom Brady maybe going to the Raiders or the Jets. Yeah, I heard the Jets. Man. How about you just retire, pal? He should have just retired. Mm. Just, yeah, pal. That's it. But, yeah. I remember when uh, last... when Brett Favre came out of retirement and went to the Jets. Yeah, I know. He's gonna, I saw he's him. T- <laughs> I got to see Brett Favre as a QB for the Jets one game. Oh, my God. That's terrible. That was goofy, man. Did he have his Wranglers on? Uh, no, obviously not. But, but 
But it's yeah. funny because I remember back in the day I used to because that commercial was on all the time. What the Wranglers ones? Yeah, there's like seventy five of them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I had uh, I had quoted or I guess misquoted Dave on something saying like, "Man, I really wish I had Wranglers like Brett Favre or something." I have to I have to make fun of Dave here because like a couple weeks ago when they after like the Jaguars came back and like Tony Khan ran on the field and started like hugging Trevor Lawrence and one of his players, Dave's like, "Oh, he's such a childish mark." Blah blah blah. This I mean, that, that was to... that was kind of goofy. That is it is kind of really goofy. the cares? funniest part of that clip is his cell phone falls out of his pants and he keeps running. Listen, if you are invested, if you're like. If your own money and and family's money is invested into a team and they like go on a tear, you could do whatever you want. So like now, like every time the Jaguars have been winning, I've just been saying, "Man, I hope TK hugged Trevor Lawrence today." You know, can't wait for him to hug him in the middle of the field at the Super Bowl. <laughs> is uh, Trevor Lawrence the the guy with the Waffle House gimmick? The Waffle House gimmick, yeah. Apparently, Waffle House gim- sucks. By the way, apparently there's a gimmick now going on on TikTok where they have like waffle sandwiches and. Waffle houses are posting signs on the door. No, we're not making you waffle sandwiches. <laughs> so, but anyway, I digress on real sports. Let's get to fake sports. I mean, get- it's pretty. I think there's enough stuff that goes on behind the scenes in the NFL that it doesn't oh God. quite make it real. Oh, I know. Well, here, here are my picks for this weekend. I'm, I, I, I want to say I'm going to say Kansas City. I want the Jaguars to win, but Trevor Mahomes packed. Patrick Mahomes is just fantastic. Bills over the Bengals, uh, the only real New York team to make it. Um, Giants over the Eagles. The way that Daniel Jones played last week and the way that they shut down. Wait, Minnesota. why are why are the Bills the only real New York team? Because the the Jets and the Giants play in New Jersey. Yeah, but it's you know, folks, know. we're going back to the New York area. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, Giants over the Eagles. I think they got momentum right now. I think Brian Dayball has managed this team fantastically this year. Um, and I'm saying San Francisco over the Cowboys because screw the Cowboys. So let's get on to last week, AEW Rampage. This was from the Kia Center in Los Angeles, California. You start off the night with a TNT championship match as Darby Allen successfully retains over Juice Robinson. This was Juice Robinson the entire match until the last like minute where Darby Allen hits that um, giant uh, Scorpio death drop off the top and then hits the coffin drop for the win. Yeah, I feel like this was like... I, I feel like that's a lot of Darby's matches right now, but I feel like this like nothing happened in this. No, you know what? Juice got a lot of offense, which I liked, and it was a good showing for him. But then it's just like... But I, you know what? The one thing that I really liked, and this might be weird coming out of me thinking, putting over Darby Allen is he hit that avalanche scorpion death drop and he just sat up and he just, you saw his eyes just like bug out and he just put this big cackling smile. And he's like, Oh, look what I can do. And everybody popped for it, which was cool. I'm about it. He had a uh, really cool face paint on. Rampage. He did. It like really like he must've went to the AEW makeup department and got that. Done <laughs> because That was solid. And then uh sting came out afterward and celebrated, but I don't think that was like, a and big they talked thing. about how they're, no, it wasn't a big thing at all. They Hopefully, about how going to Japan. I have fingers crossed that. Oh, that's this weekend or next weekend. Yes, it is. It's the twentieth. No, it's I, tonight. Twentieth. Yeah, I have hopes that uh, well, Sting eventually turns on Darby. I want Sting to be the TNT champion. I think he said uh, there's an interview that's been going around recently saying this is his last year uh, wrestling and Darby's going to be a major part of it. So his maybe. last year in wrestling, and then he returns to sports entertainment. <laughs> 
I have left sports entertainment for for whatever five six years. Yeah, yeah. And I'm back, pal, to face the Undertaker at WrestleMania. <laughs> yeah, that's not happening. He's gonna farve too. Looking at all these guys farving. Jeez. All right. Next up, you had the Acclaim come out and uh, you know they're cementing their legacy in Hollywood by putting their hands in some cement and they're cut off by the Gun Club. So rehashing this feud for the AEW Tag Team Champions, a little back and forth uh, talking. Then they got pantsed and pushed butt first into the cement, and uh, some fans turned on the segment. Yeah, okay, whatever. We'd have to really talk about it after this. Um, next up after this, you saw the Kings of Black Throne, Malachi Black, Brody King, pick up the victory over Eddie Kingston and Ortiz. There's been a lot of like back and forth promos over the past couple weeks, backstage segments about like Eddie Kingston and Ortiz's you know relationship and how good they are and how good of the, their their partners. It showed in this match, and it showed at the end of the match. Yeah, it was a majority. It was House of Black getting Eddie Kingston and, and Ortiz to question each other's loyalty. Yes. I didn't get why Buddy and Julia Hart weren't out there. But then they – and they questioned that too on commentary. They're like, oh, where's that Jezebel? I think JR called uh, Julia Hart Jezebel, which was great. Um, yeah, so they, they eventually, they ran down, Buddy had a chair, and Eddie Kingston stepped on it, picked the chair up, went to swing on Julia. Yeah. And Ortiz pulled it out of his hands and yelled at him for that. Yeah. And it led to Eddie getting hit with the black mask to lose, and then Malachi Black told Ortiz that he did a good job. So. And then had Buddy toss him into the ring with Eddie, so that, like, further... Puts a, a, a crack in their relationship. Absolutely. Before Absolutely. that, by the way, there was a backstage segment with uh, Renee Young or Renee Paquette interviewing Swerve. Yeah, I don't want to talk about it. With Quincy and Still King Still haven't Combs. said this dude's name yet. No, but Quincy and King Combs from Bad Boy Records were with them. So they said don't, their names. That's funny. Yeah, they didn't say uh, whatever his The mobile pitch. affiliates. Yeah. I don't know if they're even calling him Parker anymore. There's just he's calling him henchman one. Yeah, I don't know. Well, no, they are because remember he had this stupid iced out chain last week. He's like, oh, look at me, blah 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 blah. Mm-hmm. He didn't say that, but I can only imagine. Uh, next up, Renee Paquette. Before, after the match, though, Renee Paquette was in the ring with Golden Globe Award winner Paul Walter Hauser, uh, and he was interrupted by Danhausen, who said he won an award, being the uh, number one merchandise seller for AEW. And he doesn't have a physical award, and he wants uh, the Golden Globe instead. But then they're interrupted by Jeff Jarrett, Jay Lethal, Satnam Singh, and Sean J. Dutt. He took shots he... at WWE before that. Yeah, I know. I was kind of, it was kind of goofy. I mean, it, it's, it's to pop the crowd. Like, I understand. But, <laughs> um... Especially because we have seen him hang out at WWE shows, too. So don't he's act like a... you're not a fan, pal. Just, just, he's just a mark, you know? Come on. Uh, anyway, he's interrupted by this whole contingency of uh, Jeff Jarrett, all of them. Uh, they hold back. They hold back Danhausen and uh, Paul Walterhausen takes a guitar to the head. Yeah, he he punched uh, Sanjay first, and that was a decent worker punch. Yeah, absolutely. For for probably having no training, but but yeah, the best friends and Danhausen ended up making, or, or the best friends saved Danhausen actually before he ended came up. Out too. Yeah, before he got hit with the uh, the orange the orange globe, the golden globe, <laughs> the orange gulp. Yeah, so, no gold uh, globe. Not oh, gold. the orange, orange the golden globe. globe. Yes. So. Overall, uh, I get it. Yeah, I think uh, 
fans of the AEW current product don't want stuff like that, but I completely understand it. I, I completely understand it as too. You have to get that sort of mainstream media recognition. I mean, I didn't see it on CNN the next day, but I, you know. I really, I mean, he won a Golden Globe, but I don't think he's like that mainstream name. Yeah, but you know, some media outlets would pick it up. Hey, you know, I, and I don't, I didn't see anything gets, about uh, the the Bad Boy Records folks being there either. So when has know. Bad Boy Records been relevant? <laughs> well, Bad Boy, that was the last time I remember it. Main event of Rampage got quite. The controversy, but we saw Ruby Soho and Willow Nightingale pick up the victory over the Jericho Appreciation Society. Anna J. First, first of all, first, first of all, say, picking up the victory here. I send you a shirt design and I get and I get no sold on it. Dave's like, yeah, it's great. Brandon, nothing. Yeah, you don't like it, do you? I just don't get it. How many times a show do we say we're picking up the so and so is picking up the victory? Oh. Yeah. We are about to say it five times in this segment. Mm. Yeah. So anyway, Will Nightingale. Street Ruby's, fight. Street fight. Maybe Take paying it. tribute to the Dudley boys. Loved it. I loved it. Uh, I thought it was great. I didn't get it at first. It came out in camo. Then like, and then she's like, get tails. I'm like, oh, they're in camo. That's great. I thought it was fun. I think um, Ty kind of looked lost a few times in this match. Went. Bite my tongue here. Um. Did you like this match, first of all? Because I feel like you'd be I, on the opposite side of not liking it. I like this match a lot. Oh. Especially, this has been a blood feud since All Out. You know, the accidental nose-breaking of Ruby Soho. You know, to, they kind of swerved into the skid there and made this a very long feud. Yes, they've had a bunch of matches back and forth, but this is this was the blow-off, and I think it needed to be... A match to this caliber. I think you if said, they were going to do it, it shouldn't have been on Rampage. I know, but still, like... Also, uh, I, uh, this has been going on since July. It's been start and stop for, like, six months at this point. And I think maybe we could have assumed that it would have maybe ended a lot sooner had Ruby Soho not broken her nose. Yeah. But when I saw this match advertised, my first thought was, huh? What is this? Why is this happening? This is the payoff. And, and it's because I totally forgot about a few weeks ago when Ruby returned and lost her big return match. Yeah, but now Because they uh, took away all her momentum, and we hadn't seen her since that, that moment even. Yeah, but now I feel like with this and the way that this match came out, I feel like this is big for Ruby Soho. This is also big for Willow Nightingale, too. She's been getting, like, a push since she's, you know, been debuted as All Elite. And I think the fans were behind her on this. Um, yes, there she were some... Unfortunately mi- missed that spot, yeah. Yes, but again, when you have crotch in your face and can't see and you have to jump off, that's what happens. I think they probably needed two tables there. They're pro- yes, okay. Or also, maybe she just jumped too much. In, in regards to the women bleeding, I have absolutely no problem with women bleeding. The only problem I have with blood is, is that AEW, I feel like, uses it too much when it's not necessary. I feel like recently the blood has been a little 
tongue-in-cheek here trickled down from what it was when John Moxley was bleeding every single week. He hasn't been bleeding every single week now. Yeah, but yeah, that was like last month that it stopped. Know, like, Yeah, but still, like, that's the stop. Maybe, again, you know, maybe Warner Brother Discovery is like, hey, you guys have to cut back on the bleeding. You want but us like, to cut down on bleeding? Pal, here's this. <laughs> but, like, I get, I get this. Like, I get it. I get, like, and again, like, Look at what happened with Britt Baker in that Lights Out match. Iconic for AEW. And that's Same what I feel like. I feel like the women only bleed for action figures at this point. I don't think that at all. But, I mean, this is, it'll be a great four-pack. Blood and Guts. Uh, that's, that's yeah, how much is that going to be? Yeah, right? Four-packs are not a thing anymore. You're lucky you can get a two-pack of things. Um, but I like it. I like the match. There was a couple of, uh, you know, I, I, can, I hear what you're saying that I feel like Tay was lost a little bit. Like even was, in that, there was like and, a the ending a spot. Tower of Doom spot where she just like stopped doing yeah. the suplex and just like to 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 bump or whatever. It was very awkward. Um, and like the end too, where she was supposed to go into the chair, but she didn't go into the chair. It was supposed to be like head first right to the chair, turn around, destination unknown onto the tax. You know, she didn't hit the chair. <laughs> that was set up. Yeah, I was surprised so, to see that, but. All in all, I thought it was great. I liked the match a lot. I know it got a lot of flack online. Um, yeah, I, outside of Willow, unfortunately, missing that spot and uh, and the controversy, I have no problem with, with the match itself. I just yeah, don't think it should have been on Rampage. Yeah, I, yeah, but, you know, again, three hours of television, you got to put it somewhere. Um, but I liked it. Yeah, I, I, and it sucks because I literally, I was so confused as to why that match was happening because of the start and stop. Yeah. So. so hopefully now this is actually the end of that portion of the feud. So and I I think it is because we'll talk about you know Soraya's and Tony. I mean even Eddie stage, Kingston yeah. they he had him and Ortiz moved on from from the Jericho Appreciation Society. Yes, everybody's kind of moving on from the Jericho yeah. Appreciation Society. And like and it started with Jericho too, losing to Action Andretti. They're kind of having this downfall of the Jericho Appreciation Society. Jericho lost to Action Andretti. You had them lose to Ricky Starks. Now you're having the girls lose to, you know, their thing. So, where do we go from here? We go to Dynamite. That is in the Save Mart Center in Fresno, California. Uh, starting the show off as Orange Cassidy picks up the victory and successfully, see, picks up the victory, uh, successfully <laughs> defends his All-Atlantic Championship against Jay Lethal. I was announced on social media earlier, if anybody interferes in this match, Sanjay Dutt would be fired. But I liked in the beginning of the match. Well, first of all, it was goofy because they put the spotlight on the wrong uh, staircase that the, the talent was walking down. This, I feel like this shouldn't have been the first match. Why? I, because I, of everything that happened, like with all the outside shenanigans going on, But I feel like that was the focus of the actual match. Like we saw, we saw more of Double J, Satnam Singh, Sanjay Dutt making their way to the ringside. Then you see the best friends making their way over to sit behind them. Then we actually saw the match. It was focused on that corner rather than the actual match itself. I thought the match itself was good though. But like it, it, again, this match, this match was subsequent to this whole story itself between these two factions. And now you know, again, but, but like it, was it was it. Satnam Singh can't put his hands on anybody at any point. No, I think was it or I, it had to have been because afterwards, which it didn't make sense to me because when he went at, into the ring afterwards, he went to choke 
the best friends out or whatever, and they were like, no, no, don't do it, don't do it. Sanjay was yeah, like, but they begging. weren't they weren't part of the yeah, I I don't know. So but, I don't know. Which in that case, it still doesn't make sense. Like Satnam Singh, how is him choking not getting involved or whatever? But then then Sanjay Dutt after the match grabbed the guitar from Jeff Jarrett also. I yeah, then he pulled it away. But like I like all the components of this were fun. Like Jeff Jarrett, Sanjay Dutt, and Satnam Singh go down to put their seats. Dan Housen's the ticket taker. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. Which like I, that's why that like that was the main focus of this match. Rather than the match itself, so and then, I don't like, the think best that friends come with popcorn and beer. I thought it was, it was fun. I watched I watched this match with my six year old daughter, and she loved it. You know, when going for the guitar, going for the guitar, uh, Dan Housen takes the guitar and is about to curse him and starts playing the guitar. I thought it was amazing. It was it was fun. She was laughing hysterically. Uh, Orange Cassidy gets the win here. I think this kind of has to be it with this feud, but I can see it kind of continuing on a little bit longer. I think Maybe it like should a have big been... six man match or eight man match between these two two sides. I feel like it has to continue. Yeah. Again, big eight man match. You have the best friends and Dan Housen versus Lethal, Jeff Jarrett, put Satin Singh in the ring and Sanjay Dutt. But I was about it. Um I have to give props to Dan Housen for the Aqua Teen Hunger Force reference that he made on Twitter. Someone posted a picture of him uh, with the guitar and he said, uh, this song is called I'm gonna Rock Your Body and in parentheses till the break of dawn. If you're an Aqua Teen Hunger Force fan, you should probably know that. Um, Aqua Teen Hunger Force fan, Brandon? No. Oh, great show. Anyway, after this huge upset, his top flight beats the Young Bucks in tag team action the week after their uh, Escalera de Muerte match to win the Trios Championships. No selling of a ladder match. Yeah, I know. It was kind of weird, but I'm about this, and I love the fact that they're kind of, you could say this is building up top flight. When Nick hit that Canadian Destroyer over the top rope, I thought it was actually going to end the match. Yeah. I was like, oh my god, a Canadian Destroyer is actually going to win the match. And then that <laughs> no, didn't pal. happen. And then the Bucks did the Doomsday Device in honor of Jay Briscoe. And, and that's, yeah. I, I think that I, was going to end the match. So did I. I think it, that would have been a, a classy way to end the match. Um, but And they didn't. And I think I was like, I was like, Really? I, and I, I thought was, that should have ended it also, but I'm not about to complain about the Young Bucks losing. So. Yeah, neither am I, pal. <laughs> so. And I also, so I had a, so the match itself I thought was, was pretty good. Yeah. But I didn't get the fact that they were having this match. Like, you just won the trios championships and you're not being showcased as the trios. I, but where's Kenny Omega wasn't even there. I don't. Maybe, I hate maybe when Ken, that maybe, happens. But like maybe Kenny got hurt during the match or something like that, and they didn't want to like bring it up. But anyway, it's like hey, it could be like hey, the Young Bucks, hey, we're trios champions. We'll show you we're a great tag team still. You know. Yeah. So after that, the Guns uh, came out. It was supposed to be the Acclaimed, but they came out instead. And then the Acclaimed made their way out. The Guns were pissed. It led to a brawl, and Billy stopped everyone. He's pissed. He wants a big sit down with everybody next week. He said family therapy, so I assume that's going to be all five of them doing something together. Yeah, it was, uh, it was kind of lackluster in my opinion. Hopefully but, Billy uh, right. makes a stop in Philadelphia first. The Fingers crossed <laughs> for Raw 30. Uh, yeah, I don't think that's happening. I don't Tataka's, that, not, Tataka's not going to be there. Yeah, we discussed that. Yeah. Not but it's a, it's a good reason why. Family first. I think Especially... actually we discuss it in the future. And Spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> so, after this, Renee Paquette interviews Hangman ba- 
page backstage. This was uh, weird, though. It was kind of weird, but I think the bigger story about it is Renee, Renee Paquette's like, where do you go from here? He goes, uh, you know, after this, I have some fences to mend. I don't want to be specific just yet. Uh, if you get the chance, uh, you could tell. So I, it, it's, I, it, it, it's, I think it's like Hangman Page trying to reconcile with the elite. But I've heard yeah. some things maybe like he's trying to like talk to CM Punk or something like that because oh my god uh, yeah like that's what i heard too Be- but like because i feel like recently now like AEW talent really hasn't spoken about cm punk that much and then dax harwood goes on his podcast and does a whole podcast about punk and then he well, goes yeah because at this point i don't think he cares about getting fired or anything yeah he doesn't care about getting f- fired but then like jade too went on a podcast and was talking how about how great cm punk is and how good he was to the the women's locker room so I th- I I think it's the Young Bucks. Well, so. fingers crossed that CM Punk's not back. But this segment I thought was weird because Renee didn't have like she didn't have a microphone, so it it didn't seem like an actual kind of more like a like interview. a talk show type thing. It know? was just like, like a backstage segment where it seemed like we weren't supposed to be there for it. Because then they did like the kayfabe like off camera thing. She goes, "Was that good?" And then it seemed like he was going to give well wishes to Moxley, but then he didn't do that. But it was weird because it was like, the the way the whole setup was, it, it felt like we were looking through a window through the conversation rather than like supposed to be there for it. And then afterwards, Taz described it as awkward, and I completely agree with Taz for that. Yeah. He goes, oh, that conversation, awkward. Yeah, well, it was kind of awkward because he's like, you know, I have to go talk to other people that are not you. So. Yeah. Uh, After that, day. Ricky Starks picked up the victory over Jake Hager. Um, I think the outside antics were bigger than what happened in the match as well. Yes. With Ricky Starks versus 2.0, and then, of course, Hager and a table and a hat. And then hat. Jericho, Sammy, Gar- uh, Sammy Garcia, Sammy Guevara, and Danny Garcia, Daniel Garcia. Yes, his name is Daniel Garcia. Yeah. And then, of course, uh, later on, Jericho spoke about Ricky Starks, and it sets up Rampage. And then maybe next week's Dynamite, if Garcia wins on Rampage, then he can team with Chris Jericho on Dynamite next week? Yes. That's it. But... I feel like that's not going to happen, though. No, it's not going to happen. Come on. We know. There's going to be some... And it'll set up a match, Sammy versus Daniel Garcia at some point, and then there'll be this more dissolving of the Jericho Appreciation Society. Mm. Uh, let's get on to the slapping slap slap fest that was Brian Danielson picking up the victory over Bandito. Awesome match here. I just wish it was longer. Yep, that's it. Give me an hour of that. That's and I it. hope we see more of Bandito after this. It's been it's been a few weeks, I feel like. Yes, it has been. I just uh, think it's weird this- knowing that going into these matches, like fans are like losing their minds every time Bandito almost gets the victory. And it's like, I, I don't know how that. Well, like, also it was, a fr- it was a, fr- it was in Fresno, California, which is a very Latin influenced area. But I don't know how anybody could think that like the false finishes are going to be a finish because if Brian doesn't win, he's not getting the title match with MJF. And he's going to win. We know this. It's that, like right. the so, like, that's the what wall. I'm saying. Like, we already, like, we know that he's not going to, but the crowd seems to be, like, forgetting that almost. But after the match, though, MJF appears on the big screen. And not the MJF we've seen over the past couple weeks, you know. Thank God. Being, I know. Thank the Lord. Um, but, you know, it's saying, uh, 
You know, but getting closer to our match, the more my mask slips off. You don't want that, Brian. Uh, you may think you're a dragon, but even a dragon is no match for a monster behind this match. So we're starting to see the devil of MJF kind of start creeping out a little bit. Because also, too, it showed in a backstage segment. Because next week, it's going to be Brian Danielson against the machine Brian Cage, which is going to slap, too. I as couldn't much as, care less about that. I think it's going to be great because I think Brian, Brian Cage is... A fantastic performer. I've been hoping we, we've had like, I don't know, like with between Takeshita and now Bandito, I feel like we've had like kind of like matches you wouldn't expect. And Brian be- Cage is just somebody who's like floating. Yeah, there. well, he's the he's the Ring of Honor trios champion right now. Um, you know, if, if Bandito couldn't do it, his technical. Brian Cage is a very technical, very sound in ring performer. But going back to the. The promo after this, Renee Paquette's with Prince Nana, Brian Cage, talk about next week. MGF approaches him with a padded envelope, slaps Brian Cage in the face, and he says, all that hate, all that anger that you're feeling right now, bring that to next week. So, I think MJF might think he's Kane. Why do you think he's Kane? Well, when he spoke about being <laughs> wearing the mask and being a monster. Not true. Okay. So. But uh, also, I like the part of the promo where he called the crowd fickle because that was a, a Daniel Bryan thing. Yes, it was, but I don't think that was... Do you think that was meant to... I feel like that was put in there because of that. Oh, maybe. Okay. We saw Takeshita uh, interviewed. Yes, and he just and calls MGF an a-hole. Yeah, right? he said he loved he loved wrestling Brian. He's his hero, and uh, he doesn't trust MJF. Yeah. That's it. So, and I, we saw a, a backstage promo, I feel like, after this, too, with Soraya yeah. and Tony Storm. And where she, she uh, called her stupid. That. I, I hated this. Where Soraya, she was yelling at, at Hikaru Shida and called her stupid. And it's like, if you look at the footage from last week, you can even see that Hikaru Shida. I spoke about it last week. Yes, you did. Hikaru Shida was shocked that it happened. She didn't want that to happen. And here it's like Soraya is only watching the the the, the outcome of, of everything. But even, Tony Storm, even on Twitter, it's like all it's I think it's just I think it's super cringe. But Tony Storm picks up a victory over Will Nightingale after this. Again, then, no no selling from the street fight. I wish they were selling there. Yeah. Um but Soraya after the match blindsides uh, Willow and uh attacks her and Ruby Stoho comes down to uh even up the odds there. Hikaru so Shida like- came out, she told Soraya said stay in the back. Yes. And she didn't listen to that. She ends up coming out during the match. I thought Soraya would have, like, maybe interacted with her then. But that didn't happen. And uh, she ends up getting up on the apron, distracting the referee. And Tony Storm used Willow's tights to, to get the victory there. Yeah. So that was a heel turn, completely negating the the, the past four months. With Britt Breaker and Jamie Hayter. Maybe yes. to set up a WWE versus AEW feud? I think so. Because Where even maybe too, Ruby's going to turn on Willow and everything. I don't... I mean, it, it, that would make sense over there. I have no clue what's going to happen, obviously, I, but... Well, Soraya and Tony Storm turned heel. We know that. And I think they were going out their mission, like all these AEW homegrown talents... What they said, which in that Ruby promo. is not. 
Ruby is not, but hey, Will, I, you could say Willow is, Britt is, Jamie Hayter is. Right, so, so that's why I think we could see Ruby turn. We'll see. We'll see about that. And main event time, start Darby Allen with Sting. Pick up the victory over Kushida. What did you think about Kushida, with, Brandon? With being Kevin Knight and DKC. That was, I, I that was pumped. I, I, next week, I'm, I was I had my fingers crossed. Daniel Bryan, Brian Danielson versus Kushida. They're like, no, Brian Cage. I was like, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag Mark Dreams. But again, and, like, again, this, this was is, a match where the majority of this was Kushida having the upper hand. I, I know. And I think that, the, I, and I, I forget who said it this week, but I think that this is kind of going to be the thing with Darby Allin. It's just He's going to get his butt kicked. It's so He's gonna goofy. Get his, let me talk. He's going to get his butt kicked. And then just miraculously find a way to win these matches until somebody like and you saw like you saw Kashida really working on his arm. Yeah, he had the arm bar locked in on the outside of the ring. He did some flipping arm thing from the top rope. He locked in that hoverboard lock, and then you have Darby Allen hulk up and do a pin. Yeah. That was the I hate supper. that that's a finisher. That's the dumbest thing in my opinion. That's not okay. a finisher, it's a pin. And yet yeah, somehow I, I, people I, can't kick out of that. It really ties him up in a knot. It makes no sense. He had his his whole the whole match he was worked on, and then so. boom, shoots up pin. That's literally how he beat Samoa Joe in the dumbest fashion. Yeah. So that anyway, no just sense. shows you the uh, the heart or determination that Darby Allen has. He can take a lot of punishment uh, and then squeak out a victory. So, all in all, I really enjoyed this week's episode of Dynamite. Next week, you got Brian Cage versus Brian. Danielson, um, family therapy with the guns. Uh, this week on Rampage, you're going to have Daniel Garcia versus Action Andretti. So, AEW, uh, you know, looking towards to March, looking towards to Revolution. Uh, no matches really, you know, it is January, so really no matches really solidified yet. But you have, you're going to have your Brian Danielson versus MJF Allen Long Iron Man match. I think we'll see probably House of Black, Eddie Kingston, and Ortiz at some point there. Again? Well, I mean, something between that group and... But but they need a third person, do you think? Is Santana, like, no, on the No, I don't think they need in? a... Because they do the... What is it? Legends of the Round Table or whatever they're called? Uh, 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 Kings of the Black Throne. Yeah. That was on Rampage last week. We spoke about that. But I'm saying, like, maybe we'll see some sort of mix of that. I don't know who else they're bringing in there for if they were doing... If they were going to add somebody to it, but... Not too sure. Or maybe it's just strictly Eddie Kingston versus Ortiz at Revolution. Yeah, so we'll see. Or they'll probably put it on like the Zero Hour or whatever it's called. <laughs> so, all right, that's it for AEW this week. Um, and, uh, Impact, Impact last week. And hard to kill. Mickey James is your knockouts champion, beating Jordan Grace. You know, I I really thought she was gonna lose and retire, but man, was I wrong. And Santino Morella is now your uh, director of authority too. And Ernest the Cat Miller showed up. Yeah, he's like his, uh, he's Santino sidekick. I like, you know what, like, I think a lot of people, because of the availability of Impact, don't get to watch it, but it's two great hours of wrestling every single week. I have Sling, so I, I'm able to catch it when I get Last night, unfortunately, I didn't because I was working. Um, but, I mean, up until I couldn't, I enjoyed it, so. Yeah, and Alec, I, you probably saw the clips of uh, Josh Alexander versus Billy Ray in that, uh, Metal I did Mayhem. Not actually, you didn't see Josh Alexander like put the, a ladder on the entrance ramp and then dove into the ring onto Billy Ray through a table. It's wild. 
Billy Ray, too, man. One of those guys that's it's still crushing it, especially now with uh, Devon Dudley not being in his WWE contract. Uh-oh. Could we see the Dudley? Yeah, I don't in? understand. I thought Devon retired from everything. So did I, but maybe now they can do, like, uh, you know, appearances and stuff like that. He had that. a heart issue or something. Yeah. So maybe, uh, maybe we'll see a lot more appearances from the Dudleys, which would be cool. So anyway, that's it. It's time for my match of the week. Chris's match of the week. Chris's match of the week. Match of the week this week is from Ring of Honor Man Up. September 15th, 2007. The Briscoes defend their ROH Tag Team Champions against El Generico and Kevin Steen. Go check it out. It's on YouTube. Yeah, Uh, one of their... uh... I think they had a few matches together. They had, they did. They had a whole bunch of great matches together. This match was just wild, top to bottom. Uh, go check it out. Uh, again, you know, we send our condolences to uh, the entire Pew family uh, for the loss of uh, Jay Briscoe. So yeah. on that note, yeah, Brandon, who are you shouting out? Hey, old Kermit the Frog here, and you're listening to Brandon Shoutouts. Yay! First up is an anti-shout-out to Velma, the series on HBO Max. It's goddamn awful. Why? It was developed... I've, I've been seeing everybody praising it. Absolutely no, the hell you're not. <laughs> there is no way you're seeing anybody praise that show. What's wrong with it? It's just... So it was developed by Charlie Grandy, who wrote for Saturday Night Live. He wrote for The Office. Mindy Kaling is the executive producer and stars in it as Velma. And it's basically her trying to find her mom and also like solve murders of other classmates. And it's a beyond stacked cast. And even has Frank Welker as Fred's father, which I thought was pretty cool. Uh huh. But this made Rob Zombie's The Monsters look somewhat decent. Oh. I had such high hopes wow. when I found out that they were making like an adult Scooby Doo series for HBO Max. Uh-huh. This is just not it. I watched the they had the the two episode premiere last week. There's no chance in hell I'm going back and watching anything else from the series. It just makes it, they made Velma beyond unlikable. Wow. It's just it's just embarrassing. Scooby Doo's by the way not even allowed to be in it. So he's not in it. Well, then, like, why watch? So why is Scooby-Doo not allowed, but everybody else is? I think, I don't know, something with licensing. I'm not 100% sure, but... I mean, they could have had a really good, like, adult Scooby-Doo show, but this was just garbage. Hmm. And I think it has the record for the lowest-rated show on Rotten Tomatoes. (laughs) Wow, that's impressive. Yeah. Ron Tomatoes, the, the score right now is at 6% for the audience score. Over 7,000 reviews. Jeez. That's rough. It just sucks because I'm a huge fan of Scooby-Doo. So, that sucked. But uh, next up, we spoke about her a few weeks ago, I'm going to give a shout out to Miley Cyrus because her new single flowers came out last week. And I think it's pretty good. It samples. I will survive by Gloria Gaynor, which pretty much sets the theme of the song. And then it goes on to kind of be like an answer song to Bruno Mars's when I was your man. 
because apparently it's a song that when I think that song came out or something or after her and Liam Hemsworth got engaged, he uh, dedicated the song to her or something. And then like the whole, I, I don't know, but like the whole video was just like, there's like details where like she's wearing, apparently he cheated on her with a bunch of women and they filmed it at the house where he cheated on her. The music video for this new video. Damn. She's wearing a tux that he wore on the red carpet to one of the events. Uh huh. So it's like layers and layers of just like, I think brilliant, like kind of like a screw you sort of thing. So where does, uh, who is it? The weekend? Bruno Mars. Bruno Mars, where does he come in? It was a song that that Liam had like dedicated to her or something. I guess it was like gonna be like their song or something. I'm not sure on the. Oh, details okay. Of that. So it's not actually. So it's not actually Bruno Mars isn't even really involved in this. It's just the song itself, right? And it's like okay, I got it, you. It, I got it's you. literally like, like in in Bruno Mars's song, it says like I can buy you flowers or whatever, and then Miley's song is I can buy myself flowers. Mm-hmm. And it's like I could take you dancing, and she goes, "No, I could dance by myself." So it's like an answer song, kind of. Do you think that she had to get approval from Bruno Mars before creating this? I don't think she needed approval, but I believe I read that she did call him, and and he was like, "That's awesome," or something like that. And Gloria Gaynor put it over too on Twitter, so I think that's pretty cool. Wow, that's cool. That's cool that she like, called him. It up doesn't to like get... interpolate the song or anything. It doesn't sample the song, so I don't think she would have needed to have his permission. But, yeah, but I feel like if you're if you want to like just be politically cool with another artist, you would still ask, you know. Right. So that's cool that she did. And it's not like a parody song either. It's like like Weird Al. He never needed. I don't think he needed ever to have permission for for parodies, but he went out there and asked for asked permission for from people. Yeah. Yeah. But my last shout out goes to David Crosby, who unfortunately passed away this week at the age of eighty one. He was a founding member of the Birds, as well as the supergroup Crosby, Stills, Nash, and sometimes Young. And he was inducted to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame for both groups. And he was pretty instrumental in that genre of music and that California sound. Like, obviously, the Birds, Crosby, Stills, and Nash, and Young, the Mamas and the Papas, the Eagles, even, um... Jackson Brown, so many more artists. James Taylor and Carol King were up there. Joni Mitchell. Mm-hmm. But between both bands, they have so many hits like uh, Turn, 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 which was a cover of Pete Seeger. And then Teach Your Children, Deja Vu, so many songs. And I just brought up the, the 25th anniversary of the Rockwell Hall of Fame concert last week because of Jeff Beck. But this was the only time I got to see Crosby, Stills, and Nash perform live. Hmm. And they did a whole set together with uh, Crosby, Stills, and Nash. And then they had Jackson Brown, Bonnie Raitt, and James Taylor perform with them too. And it's just, uh, I'm, I'm happy that I got to see him live. Yeah. So those, and, and just go out of your way, listen to some of their music this weekend, perhaps. But those are my shout outs. And an anti-shout-out to one of the worst things I've ever watched. Now it's time for... Our... Our... 
that is right our mark out moment of the week i'm gonna say right off the bat Um. (laughs) the ads that they're playing for raw 30 is bb rex's new song or i mean old song but new recording i should say yes that's that song is incredible yeah i'm good and i'm feeling all right yeah, it is catchy. I totally marked out for that. Um, I wish that it was the theme song for WrestleMania. The weekend, by the way, for, for like four months. For the fourth year in a row, I believe the weekend is a theme song for WrestleMania. I mean, Isn't that that's crazy? huge for WWE to land the weekend too. I mean, weekend I mean, the weekend yeah. is incredible. Even if the award shows don't believe it. Why does he not have but, awards? Yeah, I agree with you. Huh? Does he not have awards? No, they. No, what is it? The Grammys? Uh, didn't he wasn't nominated like two what two years ago? I'm not sure. Because he refused to be nominated last year, I think, or this year. Because he should have been nominated. He was nominated he in had the... 2022. He didn't win. No, nah, I forgot. One of the award shows he was not nominated for, but he should have been. Um, but I'm going to go with, yes, I agree with you on that. I'm also going to go with a mark on moment three for me was Thick, Thick Boom. Um, definitely marked out for that splash from above. Um, huge mark for that. Um, I marked out for watching a few old clips too. Marked out for uh, Crush getting beaten up by Dunk the Clown. And so many more clips. I keep on finding all these clips on Twitter and I just mark out each time I watch them where I'm like, wow, I remember watching this. Like I like uh, what uh, last week was the first was the anniversary for the first ever Monday Night Raw. Yeah. And I was watching clips of that and I remember distinctly like watching Damien Demento versus Undertaker. I remember watching. Yeah. Yokozuna. (laughs) Versus Coco Beware. I remember that. I remember the intro. Um, I remember the last prime time. I remember they had a clip the other day of... I mean, they were bashing it, kind of. But for me as a kid, I thought it was cool. Repo Man stealing the hat of Macho Man. You know? And that started a little feud between them. And just watching all these clips, I, I, I'm a huge mark. I love it. It sucks that Tatanka is not going to be at Raw 30. But it's very cool for the reason that he's not going to because his son is is going to States for wrestling. Yeah, very awesome that he's he's doing that for his family, you know? Yeah, he won. He's a a regional champion, I believe. Yeah, very cool, very cool. I also marked out on, I didn't get the stuff being out of place on the timeline, but uh, Young Rock from last week's episode, I popped big time because Marty Elias was the referee on uh, for SummerSlam 98 in the clip, so I thought that was pretty cool that he was that's there. That's cool. But uh, yeah, that's the mark out moments of the week. And that um, is... I'm going to add History of the World Part 2. The, the trailer came out. Yeah, yeah the, the trailer of it. A lot of yeah, people are trashing it. I, I, I could find the beauty in it. Yeah, I feel like it's a fine... I feel like his comedy, great in every single sense of it. 
but nowadays it's i don't know i feel like things i don't know like you made mention about uh everything in comparisons i feel like he's very much so it is that larry david kind of a uh comedy no i don't think it's larry david-esque i think it's I, in, well, it's just, I could say it's similar in the sense of like you either get it or you don't, or you either like it or you don't. I guess I'm trying to think of like how to compare it on a level of it, nowadays. I you can. <laughs> I yeah, I guess I guess you can't. It's just still Mel Brooks. Yeah, nah. But I'm definitely still looking forward to it. I mean, it's Mel Brooks. Everybody, I mean, he is fully he's a, a loved person and. His comedy, he's a genius. So for him to have History of the World Part 2 come out, I think everybody's excited. I hope that he does a book signing tour where I can meet him at a some point. Signing tour. A book yeah. signing tour for a new Hulu series. Yeah, right? Why not? It, it does kind of like take away the joke from the first movie being titled what it is, but yeah. I'm I'm here for it. Yeah, it's Mel Brooks. But like I said, this is episode 624. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Markingout.com, Amazon Podcast, Spotify Podcast, Google Podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at Markingout, at BTTG161 on Twitter and Instagram, at Chris Sweendog, at CM Sweeney85 on Instagram. David PTDPT on both marking out 11 on Instagram as well as YouTube, Facebook.com slash marking out, pro wrestling slash marking out. And we wish you, and also marking out on TikTok, we wish you the, the best, best of luck of in luck. your future endeavors. Have a fantastic